And today is, well, today is Saturday. Happy Saturday to you, November 14, 2020. Pandemic is still on. Closures are happening all over the place. Pandemic is still raging and uh, uh, economy, well, economy is still suffering. But today, today we're going to be talking about crypto stuff. And uh, we're going to be taking a look at the market and what's happening in crypto. What is happening in crypto? That is a good question. Well, we're seeing a little bit of a dumper piece on the Bitcoin. We're going to take a look at that stuff. I was kind of expecting it. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. We're going to talk more today. I've been playing with the charts, taking a look at the prices and kind of where we are. I mean, it's not like a dump dump. Uh, but it's also not, you know, we we broke over 16,000. Now we're below 16,000. Um, and this is very much uncharted territory. Um, you know, we haven't spent much time up here. So this is new for everybody. And anybody who tells you exactly how things are going to play out today or tomorrow is either, well, lying or has a crystal ball, at which point I want to talk to them about many other things and get them on the show, maybe uh, help us all to understand what in the world is happening in the crazy world that we're all living today. But we have additional components of the news and part of it has to do with Ethereum blockchain and some of the bugs and, and challenges that we've seen. We talked about that a couple of days ago where uh, Infura um, uh, failed, I guess, to update to the new Geth, uh, import the new Geth uh, update into it. And so that was causing a potential hard fork and things getting lost and going into the side chains and stuff. So that was an interesting piece and there was some additional stuff that we have to discuss today. We're also gonna be talking about Bitcoin Cash. Uh, typically we don't talk about Bitcoin Cash because you know I, I, don't, I don't know that I necessarily subscribe to it, but there's a hard fork coming tomorrow. And so you want to be aware if you're holding any BCH, any Bitcoin Cash, uh, you definitely want to understand of what is going on um, and some of the tips and tricks when it comes to your wallets and your money and that kind of stuff, whether it does or doesn't make sense. So there you go. This is what we're going to be discussing. If you are enjoying learning about crypto, today's show is for you. I do want to ask everybody who is watching this, elsewhere or maybe even listening through a podcast somewhere if there is some sort of subscribe button do me a huge favor smash that puppy right about now if there's notification where you get dinged or blinged or emailed or somehow notified that we are going live and that the new show is here make sure you hit that right now and of course i do want to welcome everybody watching this live on onedealaway.com slash live hello Sign in, say hello. If you don't have an account, it's free to get one. So just get yourself an account. The cool part is you also get a full-blown Crypto 101 course where we talk about everything and anything crypto. It's basic, basic, basic piece for all of the newbies, for people that have some understanding but not really want to understand what the difference is between Bitcoin and Ethereum, uh, which wallets to use, you know, what the heck is a hot wallet versus cold storage. Uh, which ones, you know, where do you get the, your your Bitcoin or ETH? Uh, you know, how do you think about fundamentally on the whole thing? How do you look at the charts and from the technical analysis component? All of that stuff is inside the course and it's absolutely free when you join OneDealAway.com. All right, y'all, let's do this. We use money daily and we fail to understand the basics of the asset. 
To refuse to inform yourself is to subscribe to financial tyranny perpetrated not by banks, corporations, government, or technology, but by those of us who use it yet fail to understand it. It is then that we agree to the terms and unknowingly turn our assets into liabilities, allowing our possessions to possess us. But it is time to change. Welcome to Money Geeks. All right. Clearly, that sound was a little bit too much and likely blew up your speakers. My apologies uh, to you for that. Uh, let's get to business. Let's uh, take a look at the markets and find out what in the world is going on. Uh, let's refresh, get the freshest possible thing. And here we go. We've already gone from 15900 something to $15,879.41. And when I pulled it up, it was what, maybe 20, 30 minutes ago. So clearly Bitcoin is down 2.1% over the last 24 hours. And uh, it seems to be sliding. We're going to be taking a look at the chart in a few moments. Uh, but for right now, I just want to kind of take a look at uh, where we are right now. Of course, we are still up 2.1% over the course of last seven days. Ethereum is holding steady well above 400. We are now at 457.30 uh, down 1.5% over the period of the 24 hours. But it's still up 0.6% and it's steadily coming back down. Uh, when we look, I do want to take a look at uh, Bitcoin Cash because we're going to be talking about it in a few moments. It is holding steadily at $255.44, up 0.4% in 24 hours. It is slightly down at 0.8% for seven days and down half a percent over the last hour. When we scroll down the 100 uh, top cryptos, you will see that we see a lot of red. There's some greens there as well, but it's predominantly red, red, red. So, of course, uh, typically we see this where, you know, um, Bitcoin starts pumping, everything else pumps afterwards. When Bitcoin starts dumping, things start coming down as well. Looking at the top performers over the last 24 hours, we see Sushi is up 13% and up 43% over the last uh, seven days. Uh, Uni is coming in a second place at uh, positive 10.1% for 24 hours, 42.4% in seven days. Vita is in a third spot at 5.3% and 55.8% over the last uh, seven days. And then we kind of go down into the fours, the threes, two, one, zero, and we go negative. And on the negative side, nothing is hugely dumping. We're not seeing these uh, ginormous you know, 40% drops or anything crazy like that. The biggest one is the RSR, which is the reserve rights uh, token. It's down 8.3% in 24-hour period, followed by SDX, which is the block stack uh, coin, negative 6.9%. And then in third spot is uh, KSM, Kusama, negative 6% for 24-hour period. On the seven-day winning stuff, um, Ave is still pumping strongly, uh, holding at 58.8% in seven days. Vita is second at 558 SDX 45.1%, Sushi 43%, and then we go down in the still in the 40s and 30s and so on. So performing really well. On the dumping side on seven days, Ampleforth seems to be losing biggest at negative 15.4%, closely followed by CRO which is the crypto.com coin 
at negative 13.8 percent cro has slidden uh, uh has slidden is that a word has slid slid nev uh quite a bit over the last i want to say month or so um we can actually even take a look if you want to uh because i want to i guess you want to now too <laughs> isn't that how it works and i mean you can see very clearly this is just a 24 hour let's take a look at the 30 day and you will see it's slowing down in the dumping sector but it's definitely it was sliding ever so slightly and then sometimes in uh, early or mid-october we just started to slide severely down uh, 180 days you can see that we did hit a top on first of september when it was trading at 18 cents and today is holding at 6.8 cents that is a huge 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 uh, downfall for uh for cro um i'm not quite sure what's going on over there uh but at least we know that it is going on okay it's time to actually get into the little bit of news and start discussing of what's going on uh we're going to start with ethereum just because it uh, powers vast majority of DeFi and altcoins and so i think it's important for us to talk about what's going on so uh, basically the news is that there was a severe bug that was found in the core library of ethereum and ethereum classic or etc now as you know ethereum and ethereum classic are basically forks of each other uh, when they couldn't agree to the stuff well they separated went their own separate ways created their own independent blockchains. Um, and uh, the reason i'm pointing out the fork is because well i am sort of uh, you know sharing of what's about to come as soon as we finish with this article so what happened here well we had a mining pool two miners that recently discovered an ethereum uh, uh, bug basically that was affecting the epoch switch which is the term when the network moves from a set of filled blocks called an epoch to a new unfilled set as per uh, as per the uh, blog post that they had posted before so what ended up happening is that, uh, you know, they were looking at the proposal and what was going on and they're saying, well, you know, they actually have switched to the 385 epoch and all the miners have started to send up to 40% rejected shares to the pool. And uh, the good news is that they have actually found a bug, they have sold the bug and they have actually uh, shared it with the developer team and uh, what ended up happening is that they actually have uh, you know put it in as a proposal which was of course accepted because nobody wants to have a freaking bug in the code because it affects everything and everybody and of course it affects ethereum and ethereum classic but of course it affects all the altcoins as well that ride on top of that stuff never mind the miners and everything else and the good news is that they have installed a fix on november 6th and uh, they're running some tests and stuff but everything seems to be working just fine so they have saved the day ethereum developers uh, have been able to install this on november 11th and if you will remember right around that day i want to say it was 11th maybe the 12th of november that we've also had this giant issue with infura and a potential hard forking and stuff so it is possible that some of these updates that were happening are the reason of why we have seen some of the challenges um, in the most recent piece that i uh, looked at over at uh, geth as well as the infura it appears that everybody has updated everybody's back online everybody is functioning just fine 
and we have avoided a challenge. Now, one of the things with this particular uh, bug that they have found is that it would have affected uh, ETC, Ethereum Classic, uh, basically almost immediately, and it would have affected negatively, of course, uh, Ethereum blockchain on January 1. Uh, so uh, it, it looks like we're still going to have a good New Year's, uh, maybe still locked down and they cancel New Year's, but it's still going to happen. January 1 is still going to come, whether we're able to go out and party or not. Uh, that is a different story, but the good news is is going to happen. And that is very, very good news that saved the day. Now, we were talking about the forks and the hard forks. There are soft forks and hard forks. And the soft forks are not necessarily a big of a deal because it still stays on the same blockchain. However, hard forks basically means we are basically getting a divorce. You know, soft fork is sort of like we had a fight. We didn't agree on something, but we're still together. Hard fork is basically a divorce. I am leaving. We are separating all of our homes and houses and cars and everything else. And uh, we're going to have to deal with the courts of who gets the kids when. That, <coughs> excuse me, is what's happening with the Bitcoin Cash hard fork. So here is what you need to know. We're going to take a look at this whole article to find out what in the world is happening. And again, I think it's a sort of a drama that happens within crypto, which uh, if you've been following this channel or any other crypto channel, be following crypto at all for any amount of time whatsoever, you will quickly discover that there is quite a bit of drama that happens inside the cryptocurrency technology stuff. And it can get very, very interesting. Um, you know, I mean, you have a lot of different players from around the world. And uh, I love, absolutely love my dear friends who are developers and programmers. I think they are awesome and amazing. They're creating some very cool stuff that is, you know, making modern lives possible, especially now that we're all working from home, tax or not. And if you're confused about why I said tax, yesterday's episode will uh, shed the light on that. So you definitely want to take a look at that or take a listen at it, depending on how you are uh, following the channel. So here we go. Bitcoin Cash BCH community is slated to initiate yet another hard fork on November 15, 2020. This is coming as a culmination of a series of disagreements and tensions uh, between the folks that are within it and what the underlying code should be and what the future should be and they couldn't necessarily agree to it. Uh, they're saying here in this article that it's the fifth largest crypto network, but when we look at the coin gecko, we see that it's sixth. Uh, whether it's five or six, I don't really know. We could argue probably depends on how you pull your data, uh, but they're basically one of the larger ones by the, the market cap. And with this split, you know, is this going to affect the market cap? Sure, anything is possible. So what actually happened? Let's take a look at a little bit of a history. So Bitcoin Cash, you may or may not know this, uh, was basically started as an intense disagreement between the members of the Bitcoin community. And so they were basically centered around proposed changes for the block size. Should it go up? Should it not go up? That kind of stuff. They couldn't agree on things. And then Roger Bear uh, was basically the leader of this sort of, uh, you know, I don't know about this. They didn't want to deal with it. So he and uh, his followers basically forked to create a Bitcoin cash on August 1st, 2017. 
roughly a year later, there was another rough patch within Bitcoin Cash. And I think you are going to start catching on to a very strong theme here. There's a lot of disagreements within Bitcoin Cash group, uh, which is one of the reasons I'm like, you know, I'm just going to stay out of that stuff. Like, I don't, if I want to watch drama, I'm going to order it on Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever else and uh, watch it there for the time that I want to watch it and then I want to step into it, step out of it because, you know, I don't, I don't know about you, but I just, I don't want drama in my life. That's, that's all I'm going to say. So a year later, similar tensions led to another hard fork in its camp and tensions between, again, Roger Bayer and uh, Craig Wright and Colvin Ayer uh, led group uh, led to creation of Bitcoin SV, BSV, which is now 12th by market capitalization after a hard fork. Now, ironically, the Bitcoin SV hard fork happened on dun, 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 November 15, 2018. And now, two years later exactly, Bitcoin Cash is having yet another contentious hard fork. So this is one of those reasons that I'm, I keep saying that this is just something that is just too controversial. Again, I, I am sure that there's people that absolutely love the controversy. They're enjoying the controversy. They are, you know, they thrive off of the, the challenges and the arguments. And there's just kind of like that nervous energy. And I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> I don't enjoy that stuff. So for me, I, I don't. I'm, I'm not touching uh, a Bitcoin cash with a 10 foot pole. Um, again, nothing against you if you do, nothing against you if you enjoy it. I just personally don't like it because a lot of the drama, a lot of the disagreements, a lot of the challenges, and honestly, if I'm gonna hold Bitcoin, I'm gonna hold Bitcoin, okay? Um, so that's just kind of how I feel about the whole thing. Uh, but again, you let me know how you feel about it in the in the chat in the comments let me know how you feel about it so of course the big uh, conflicts are about satoshi's vision and is this you know is this going to be you know this kind of note and that kind of note they get into a very technical arguments about the updates and what needs to happen and they're saying well you know our philosophy lines up with satoshi's and their others are saying no 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 ours is better um and so this is basically where the arguments are coming in of course, due to the difference of opinion relating to how quickly uh, changes need to be made, they're talking about, uh, you know, whether the technological advances for the uh, Merklex based uh, sharding should happen, what the adaptive block size should be or should not. Um, you know, they're basically community is splitting into two opposing camps. Um, a lot of it has to do with this difficulty adjustment algorithm that they're calling assert, which was pr proposed by a couple of the developers. Then there was somebody else that also was, you know, moving that was like developer on the Bitcoin Cash and they wanted to employ the algorithm called Grassberg, which is basically similar to a CERD, but then it also had some historical stuff and people couldn't agree. So big old drama, who got, uh, who actually got, you know, uh, uh, mentioned for, you know, being a brilliant mind or not. Um, and again, this is the part that I might piss off some programmers, so my apologies in advance. Uh, but even in my opinion, you know, the, the, the programmers and coders, uh, you know, uh, big egos, uh, not all of them, but many of them, and uh, they their feelings are easily hurt when they're not recognized for the work that they do. 
Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I get it. You know, when you do a lot of hard work and stuff, you want to be recognized. Um, but these folks are definitely take it very, very, very strongly and very personally. So anyways, that's kind of what we're seeing happening here. This is escalating into disagreement and they're saying, nope, we cannot reconcile. Uh, we, we just got to separate. We got to go our separate ways. And that's that. That is the only solution. That is the only thing that is going to happen. And so the all new mind, uh, newly mined blocks must contain output of assigning 8% is what they want with the new fork to come in, which means miners will only receive 92% of the block reward with the new implementation, with this sort of uh, hard work separation. And uh, funds are going to go into this special address that some people are not trusting because they believe that the leader of the separation is wanting to actually create. And they were like, oh man, we don't trust you. You're gonna run off with our money. But some of the other folks are saying, no, 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 this is normal. You wanna hold some cash on the side, you know, an other authority that could potentially, you know, regardless of what happened, with the blockchain itself, that it has kind of this cash that is sitting aside, um, also known as an infrastructure funding plan. And it's important to have that stuff, almost like a cash reserves, I guess, um, or treasury or whatever you want to call it. So there's, as you can see, a lot, a lot, a lot of problems and challenges coming in. And of course, uh, 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 there is actually a very highly... Um, controversial figure, uh, likable but controversial figure that some people really like, some people don't like. I guess that comes with the whole controversy piece, right? Uh, but he posted a tweet announcing the upcoming hard fork saying, quote, Bitcoin, ABC, and uh, Dead Alnix, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this word over here, Dead Alnix, uh, have announced that they are forking away from Bitcoin Cash on November 15th. We wish them good luck with their new coin and thank them for their free airdrop to all BCH holders. Uh, so there you go. Out of, uh, you know, uh, looking at the coin.dance data, out of uh, 1,250 public nodes in the network, 505 nodes are using the Bitcoin ABC client, 559 use Bitcoin Unlimited, and 146 employ BCHN. And the way that it looks, most folks will go with the BCHN, which is going to still continue supporting BCH thicker. We'll see how this is going to happen. But what's happening on the exchange side of things? Well, <laughs> many of the exchanges are basically saying, you know what, we're putting everything on a pause. And uh, there's a strong uh, 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 urge for individuals who are holding Bitcoin Cash to ensure that their wallet provider uh, is going to be able to support the fork. If not, transfer into non-custodial wallet where you hold the private keys and then you'll be able to receive uh, forked coins as well. You also want to be very mindful that service providers are going to be halting BCH transactions around the time of the fork. Uh, Ledger basically already said that they're halting all Bitcoin Cash service on November 15th to prevent replay attacks number of the crypto exchanges are also saying that they will pause withdrawals deposits in bch on the days leading up to november 15th as well as leverage trading other currency uh, other uh, cryptocurrency exchanges are also following the same announcements so basically if you are thinking of getting out of bch uh, which uh, many people are as the next article is going to show us well, uh, now is your sort of last chance to do it. 
Now, some of the other folks are saying, you know what, I don't want to do this because I'm going to receive some of the fork stuff. Uh, but it's also about not just, you know, I don't know. For me, it's not just necessarily about collecting all this stuff, right? Because if it dumps 80% in value, it's money. If, you know what I mean? Like, so it's not like I'm just getting more marbles. Is Are those marbles valuable at all? And I just don't know. I don't know what is going to happen. So uh, Bitcoin Cash is facing uh, increased selling pressure ahead of hard fork. And of course, uh, many more market participants are wanting to sell versus buy and uh, BCH inflows to exchanges in the last day. Uh, and this was published uh, basically yesterday uh, as basically hit the brand new high of uh, $70 million. And this is the highest since mid March. And that's when we've seen a giant dump into it. Um, the other piece is that an increase of inflows, as you know, suggest increase of inflows into the exchanges. Let me be very clear suggest that there is a selling pressure on the market and of course they're providing some amazing charts that you can clearly see that there is a clear uh, increase in uh, a number of individuals that are putting their money on the exchanges uh, looking to get out potentially uh, but of course many are still kind of holding on and i don't know some of them i think might be gaming the whole system of put it on the exchange so that it's ready to go but i'm still going to wait for the fork so that maybe I can receive some coins and then I'm just going to dump and see if I can collect some money. So it's going to be very interesting, but we'll see also how long this pause on the exchange is going to happen. And it could be that some folks didn't necessarily know as much about the fork stuff. So they're holding on to their uh, cash and now they were like, oh my gosh, I want to sell, but they can't because their exchange is preventing it. At the time of writing, BCH ranked sixth by the market capitalization, trades at $257. We saw that it's $255 a few moments ago, and it's down by almost 1% in a day and is unchanged in a week and a month. But the price is down by almost 9% in a year. And here you can clearly see the chart that it was well above $300 uh, back in August, it looks like. Then it hit kind of the low of well below uh, $225. So I would say that's maybe what, 250-ish? No, not 250, sorry, about 215-ish or so. Uh, it has come up and now we're trading at about uh, 255. So still quite a bit down over the time period. So let me know, how do you feel about this whole uh, uh, forking yet again of what's happening what are your thoughts about now that you understand a little bit of a history of what's going on with bitcoin cash are you in are you out um you know do you like this stuff is the drama you know uh, painful entertaining you want to be part of it you don't want to be part of it let me know how you feel about the whole thing okay well we still have quite a bit of articles that we want to discuss and talk about it one of the things that I do want to talk about, since we're talking a little bit about exchanges and wallets and that kind of stuff, if you have Bitcoin and you're holding it in this specific wallet, you absolutely want to consider maybe just maybe finding a different one. And I'm talking about Electrum Bitcoin wallet. It continues to be plagued by malware. And what has happened is that a very popular Electrum, which is a very popular wallet for Bitcoin, has yet again been struck by a malware and 2042 bitcoin were lost at fifteen thousand dollars that's a lot of money so what ended up happening well 
They ended up sending a payment to this malware thing, which then basically infiltrated, stole some of the money and stuff. And uh, this is one of those things that, um, you know, has been happening with this particular uh, wallet for a very, very, very long time. Uh, you know, it's been so it, there's always something happening with it. Um, I don't even know why so many people still hold their money in this particular wallet. Um, but, you know, but people are people are and they are uh, using it. So if you are using it, you might want to consider maybe just maybe finding a wallet that has perhaps a bit cleaner history, because clearly if they're having continuous malware attacks and problems, there's something much larger systematically happening with it. And there's so many wallets to choose from now. You don't have to stick with it. So there you go. Do your own due diligence and research when it comes to the wallets uh, because at the end of the day, they hold your money, right? And you want to put your money and your store of wealth into something secure and not something that, you know, time after time after time is having challenges. That's just my personal opinion, not a financial advice. You do you, I do me, and then let's get together and talk. Now, for a very long time, we also have been discussing about CBDCs. The fact that they're coming yesterday, we talked about, you know, Ray Dalio is basically saying, no, Bitcoin is not going to happen. Uh, some of the other play people, many other people, me included, are saying Bitcoin is going to happen. It is going to continue to happen. Um, I think we're going to see the, you know, even with CBDCs kind of developing, that might give an even bigger adoption. A lot of the, 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 the crypto nerds like me were going out there publicly saying, you know, if they were to ban it, they're basically saying that this thing truly is a problem, which would uh, give the value, uh, make it soar even higher. Uh, you know, he, uh, we were talking about gold being taken away, uh, which I was saying government can take just about anything away. I mean, they're taking our freedom on a daily basis now in 2020. So, of course, they can do whatever the heck they want. Uh, but that's not, you know, preventing us from developing and thinking about stuff. And to think about gold, the reason that it was sort of, deemed illegal a lot of it had to do because uh dollar and central bank of the united states the fed um you know the dollar was backed by gold and the only way to sort of debase the currency and print as much as you can is to decouple it uh bitcoin and dollar are not coupled together uh, one is not you know a reserve of the other uh at least not right now that we're doing this recording in 2020 who knows what's going to happen in the future um, so again, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't see that big of a risk at all. Like I said, we've discussed it. I think uh, we beat that horse to death. It's dead now. We should stop kicking. But we should discuss about what Bank of England is talking about with the digital uh, coins and what's happening there. As we talked about yesterday, uh, Christine Lagarde is strongly pushing for European CBDC, Euro CBDC. Uh, to roll out and they are looking at a timeline of two to four years so as early as 2022 and as late as 2024 maybe 2025 we will absolutely see this stuff happening but of course we have been talking on this channel here about what that means for banks for commercial banks large banks small banks and uh, my understanding and my the way that I kind of look at it unless some large pivoting and that kind of stuff can happen that basically makes banks obsolete because the central bank can now be a bank for everybody, not just a bank for banks. And here is the news article that was basically rolled out on November 13th. So yesterday, 
uh, that was coming from the Bank of England. Quote, our job is not to protect bank business models. And this is coming from a deputy governor of the Bank of England in a seminar that happened yesterday. So that's uh, that's coming from John uh, Cunliffe, Cunliffe, Cun, my apologies, C-U-N-L-I-F-F-E. Uh, but he's deputy governor of the Bank of England. Banks will have to adjust. Our job is to ensure that if bank business model change, we manage the financial and macroeconomic consequence of that. Of course, it's uh, it's you know he's basically coming in because some of the banks are sort of uh, looking for mediation on the part of uh, Bank of England that is going to help the banks. Some banks have warned that as a central bank digital currencies are implemented globally, they could have adverse effect on commercial banks, depriving them of stable sources of funding. And Bank of England is saying, well, too bad, so sad. <laughs> Anyways, I mean, you know, and that's kind of what we're seeing. We're seeing this a similar thing happening inside the Fed and the banks here in the United States. So what we've been seeing is a little bit of a drama that's been going on between the Fed and the banks. Um, so Fed right now, the way that things stand, right, they can quote unquote print money, which they're not really printing money, but let's play pretend and say print money because that's a popular uh, terminology being used today to create this sort of a monetary, you know, uh, fiscal stimulus, that kind of stuff. But they still have to work on with the Congress for all of these different things and we see them bending the rules by creating special purpose vehicles also known as SPVs to go out there and buy these you know zombify everything right so we've been talking about that beating it up I'm sure you can find this all over internet if you want to watch it here on this channel uh, simply going to YouTube looking for money matters with NevK and if you go into the money matters show um, you'll find all of this stuff that we've been discussing for months now uh, but an interesting piece that's also been happening is that the Fed can't, quote-unquote, print money and send it to you and I. The only thing that they can do is basically, uh, you know, put it onto the bank's balance sheets, and then the banks actually are the ones who have to lend it out to businesses, to individuals, and that kind of stuff. And that's how basically more money enters the system, and then potentially, you know, velocity of the money can actually pick up. And that is how you can actually get inflation. Simply printing does nothing. It's the velocity of money that actually is creating the inflation. But we've been struggling with inflation for years now, for well over a decade now. Um, and it's just not really hitting. And we're definitely hitting a very, very strong deflationary period. And it's going to continue in the deflationary period um, because, you know, all of the automation and that kind of stuff that we've been even discussing yesterday on the show is uh, what's what's going on right that uh, you know uh, many people will lose jobs and stuff I mean uh, just uh, yesterday I was I was watching a movie called the experimenter if you haven't seen it it's actually quite amazing it's about the guy I can't remember Milner I want to say last name the guy who did the experiment of right like the teacher and the student and the teacher was like they didn't know what they were doing but they were quote-unquote like electrocuting uh, uh, the the student if they didn't do the right thing um, you know and it was really a study of the sort of a, a, you know obedience of the authority and kind of how is that even possible 
And so it was a really cool film to watch and, and uh, look at his story and kind of what has transpired. I highly recommend it. It's available on Amazon Prime, I believe. Um, so if you're a Prime member, it's free. You can watch it. But the other piece that also really hit me in the movie, this is uh, starts in the early 60s, and it runs to about 85 or so, which is when, when he actually passed away. Um, but uh, in early 60s, you know, he was there he was in an elevator and kind of story of how he met his wife. Um, you know, at that time, we had elevator operators. See, I'm going somewhere with this whole story. And the elevators, when they were first rolled out, were thought of like such a cool and genuine technology. Some people were petrified of it. They were like, absolutely not. I am not getting into this that trap. I'm using the stairs, right? So people would use the stairs all the time. And uh, it was thought of so unsafe that you had to have a trained professional, a person, that their sole job was to stand in the elevator and basically move the lever up and down so that folks can go on different floors. That was the sole job of this person. Of course, what do we know today about elevators? Well, they're, <laughs> they're just as safe as stairs. I mean, more people, I think, get hurt going up and down the stairs than people using elevators. Um, ironically enough i was researching some stuff about stairs and the design of it don't ask me why okay don't ask me why but i did and uh, there's this huge study of like I, you know like i mean your probability of getting hurt using stairs is like ridiculously high like ridiculously high uh, uh trips slips falls tumbles i mean it's it's like scary uh, whereas with elevators you know it's not necessarily nearly as scary and so, of course, today when we use elevator, like, there's no person in the elevator. Like, you go in there, you press a button, and it goes up or down. And nowadays, I think with the whole uh, uh, pandemic and stuff, I don't know, they might be inventing the voice version of it, you know, like, elevator, floor two, please, you know. Or even if you don't know the floor, you just say the name of the business and it goes up. I don't know. Maybe they're developing it. It's possible. Who knows? Maybe I'm crazy in thinking it and it will never come. But the underlying moral of the story is that we no longer have operators of the elevator right they are you know they're machines you press a button and you just go and so that's part of the automation when we lost a lot of jobs we're seeing it now in factories we're seeing it with the with these autonomous cars that are being developed they're not perfect by no means right they still have a way to go but we're seeing this everywhere and all of that stuff is deflationary and so that's what the problem is with the current financial system is that it's built for inflation. It's built for this giant baby boom generation coming in, buying everything, investing in everything. You know, jobs are being created. They're making more money. Everything is amazing. And now they're all retiring, which means they're all selling uh, their stocks and bonds and everything else, right? and they're leaving and automation is coming in replacing a lot of the jobs because it's faster cheaper safer that kind of stuff and so all of these movements are deflationary which is a high problem for the current financial system and that is the reason why not that long ago i want to say it was a couple of weeks ago we've covered it here on the channel as well uh you know folks have been uh, uh i want to say it was the imf that was calling calling for Bretton woods 2.0 reconfiguring of the financial system part of it is because it's not built for what we are experiencing where the future is going 
The other part of it is that they probably are not as thrilled about being on the U.S. dollar standard because U.S. Uh, United States is is a very small portion of the world, but it accounts for vast majority of the transactions that happen in the world. And so people are saying, you know what, um, equality, equity, call it social justice for money, maybe. Um, they're saying this is not fair. We don't want to play this game anymore. We got to figure out something different. And of course, central banks are now looking at the CBDCs, right? The central bank digital currencies. And they're saying, well, you know, there's some validity to that. We need to explore this stuff. And if we could do this, this means we could program our money to fit our needs as they are changing. Because, you know, if next 20 years are deflationary, we can program our money for deflation to influence how people behave um, around money, with money, and so on and so forth. Uh, that is built for what happens and then 20 years from now when it switches back to some sort of high inflation we can go back and again program stuff create algorithms and switch it back to run it on a different thing this of course eliminates the banks because the fed right now doesn't have to go well right now they have to give money to the banks and banks have to lend it but the problem is banks are not lending that is a giant problem they're petrified that small businesses are going to implode which they are large businesses are going to implode which they could uh that you know individuals are going to become insolvent which some are and some you know potentially will in the near future and so there's a lot of risk and they're saying uh-uh not lending my money so what they do with their money they go and take their money and what are they buying they're buying bonds they're buying treasuries and so they're basically they take money from the fed and then buy the treasuries, basically pushing money right back into the system. And so the money is rotating at the top level, but it's not really velocity of the money. And it's never, ever reaching down to the people that actually need it. And so the Fed and the government saying, forget it. We're just going to bypass these private banks because that's what all of them are by these CBDCs. So that's kind of this was a short article and I turned it super, super long. But I wanted to make sure that you understood what it actually meant. Now, while it appears that the, uh, the bank, the Bank of England, is in favor of CBDCs, it has gone on record to say multiple times that it's very skeptical about Bitcoin. Quote, if you want to invest in Bitcoin, be prepared to lose all your money. And while I think that that's potentially true, you know, it, of course, it could go to millions. It could go to zero. None of us know where it's going to go. But that can be said about every single investment you have be prepared that you potentially could lose all of the money you know stocks are not bulletproof they're not guaranteed bonds are the same way real estate is the same way gold is the same way commodities is the same way bitcoin and cryptocurrencies are exactly the same way there's no such thing in guarantee in life except at some point all of us will pass that's it right like the body that i have right now everything that i got going on with well, at some point, that thing is going to expire and uh, shut off, and that's that. That is pretty much the only thing that is a guarantee. So there is no guarantee to it. So you do have to be prepared, whether you invest in Bitcoin, Ethereum, gold, uh, real estate, uh, stocks, whatever you invest in. Be prepared that there is a potential you might lose everything. Like it or not, commercial banks may soon need to brace for the arrival of state-operated digital currencies, CBDCs, remain a focal point of central banks around the world with over 80% now reportedly interested in developing their own. And we're seeing almost on a daily basis of the banks actually 
starting to roll things out. Uh, there was a bank. I will lie to you to tell you what country, but there was a bank I, I had it. But there's just so much stuff that we can actually have uh, in the in the show, right? Maybe we'll take a look at it tomorrow. But there's a bank in Europe that is already starting to roll things out. So we'll take a look into it uh, more tomorrow, maybe if we have time. Uh, pending that there's nothing crazy that happens tomorrow in the world of money, business, investing, or any of that stuff. All right, almost leading to the end of it. Uh, one of the things that I want to briefly, we're not going to go into depths of this, but I want to give you heads up on a crypto startup that wants to break Chainlink's grip on Oracle market. If you're familiar with Bitcoin, if you're familiar with uh, Ethereum, if you're familiar with dApps and everything else, you likely have heard of Chainlink and the fact that it provides an Oracle, meaning uh, it serves many, many different uh, projects um, to provide current, um, you know, off-chain and on-chain analysis and kind of data that merges it together. Um, I will be completely transparent. I am actually very deeply and seriously considering um, and will be working with Chainlink um, on our little project that we're developing uh, within our own uh, blockchain development component. And so this is this was of big interest to me. Now, the new company is called API3, and it's a new Oracle provider that is hoping to basically take some of the market share and the way that they basically want to do it is they want to uh, use existing cloud API providers and then cut out the middleman, which is going to lower the cost by providing aggregated data directly from the first party data sources. Right now, what Chainlink does, they take the first party data, they run it to the middleman to sort of ensure that it's being saved. These middlemen get actually paid for it, which is what uh, uh, increases the cost of use of it. And then you can actually use it. And API 3 is saying, we want to basically remove the middleman and you just go straight to first party data source. If you're interested in learning more about it, decrypt.co is the one that is running an article. And of course, I'm sure that if you look for API 3, you want to put number 3, uh, you will be able to find information about it. And then final bit that I wanted to take a look into it is what is happening with Bitcoin. And here you will see my little doodling of what's going on within the market. And you will see that right now we have officially entered a bearish trend for Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin, as you know, um, you know, uh, on the 12th has actually hit a high of about 16,400 something. And uh, I'm going to zoom in over here for everybody watching. And if you're just listening to this stuff, you can find this on the YouTube channel. If you go to YouTube channel and uh, uh, look for Money Matters, the other place where you can actually find this information is going to be on OneDealAway.com. Um, you don't spell one. You put number one, DealAway.com, and you're going to go slash crypto. Right over there, there's all kinds of information about crypto and stuff. And typically, my crypto videos are uploaded there. So you can watch it. It should be live later on today. And today is Saturday. And you can see that we've hit double top. Now, double top, and you can see it right over here. See, uh, the double top typically on the technical analysis component indicates that more likely than not, things will dump. And they're starting to dump. Now, this blue line over here as well you will see that it was acting as a relatively speaking so strong support at a, uh, this was what, $16,371 level or so. Uh, but now uh, it's actually going to become a resistance. And as you can see, it's definitely a resistance because you will see it comes, hits it, and it bounces back down. 
then it kind of attempts to come back up you know comes back down it goes back up to it bounces comes back down and so now we had double top at 16.4 we have double top at 16.3 and so that's highly negative for bitcoin right now when it comes to the price at least in a short term now the orange line right over here used to be a support line and as you can see we've broken through that support line uh, quite a bit now and uh, you will also notice that the moving average the 50-day moving average has crossed over 200 moving average and that is indicative of a downward slope so a lot of the technical components here that are happening we don't know how this is going to play out completely it looks like we might have hit a bottom uh, right over here on and I'm looking this is a 15 minute uh, 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 candle charts uh, that we're looking so this was a low right here of 15,757 since then we have kind of come up and we're going definitely sideways at that like 15,900 15,800 level um, so that's kind of where we are right now with Bitcoin if we change it over to the one hour candle uh, charts let me see if I can you know make this it's not as ugly <laughs> maybe potentially but on the one hour chart as you can see 50 day moving average is still above 200 so long term still a bullish trend for sure uh, but the gap is potentially closing and of course if we look at the one day let's go to one day range please um, ooh, hold on it's looking a little bit crazy it's not that crazy I promise um, okay so you can see that we are still kind of going up however the the move is a bit more on the parabolic side of things being much more vertical than I would particularly like so I do um, am looking forward to the console uh, consolidation component to kind of hit maybe slightly lower prices because again if it keeps on pumping at really really high levels uh, that could potentially signal a downfall into the market so again we will still see how this is going to play out long term i am still incredibly bullish on bitcoin there's no questions about it uh, but on the short term we are experiencing a bit of pullback healthy pullback in my humble opinion um, i am hoping for you know maybe some pullback a lot of sideways um, when i say a lot i'm not saying like do it for like years but i'm saying you know let's do some sideways movement action thing for a few weeks let's keep it a little bit more boring because when things are too exciting on the positive end of anything they also being super uh, negative on the on the you know relatively quickly after that and uh, i would hate that but then again if this puppy goes down to 3k heck yeah i'm buying even more so anyways i hope you're enjoying the show let me know how you feel about the whole thing if there's a chat component if there's a comment component if there's a comment you know component component let me know if there's a subscribe button smash it right now if there's a like button do me a huge favor smash it let's help other people discover this channel let's help other people join the community learn and grow and develop uh, alongside with all of us because that's really what the goal of the channel is to learn and grow and develop if there's alert smash it and i will see you tomorrow for everybody watching this live on onedealaway.com live we're about to go into the q a for everybody else until tomorrow stay forever money blessed and do remember you are only one deal away